Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's going on, dude? It was just uh, the week after football, trying to settle into, you know, the daunting feeling of no NFL football for six months, but the USFL and XFL are coming back this, this offseason, and we'll see how that goes, but what a Super Bowl, man. That was a really good game. Yeah, for me, it's like, <clears throat> there's two seasons. There's summer and football, <laughs> and obviously, you know, we're going into summer, hopefully, relatively soon. Um a little disappointed football is over, but I thought it was a fantastic season. And, and obviously it, it's been highlighted by uh, lots of close games, especially there at the end, like just really good football. Um, the Super Bowl was the most watched in over five years. And I mean, it didn't have Tom Brady. It didn't have Patrick Mahomes. It didn't have Aaron Rodgers. It didn't have Peyton Manning. It didn't have the Steelers. It did, I mean, it had the Bengals and the Rams. I mean, traditionally, not two teams that a lot of people are talking about all the time. You know, it didn't have the Cowboys. I mean, it, um, and for it to be the most watched Super Bowl in five years, I thought that was a testament to people are really digging the competitiveness of the NFL, over, especially over the last couple of weeks. It was just one of those things where it's like, I can't, and I, I know it's a Super Bowl, but it's like, I can't miss this football game because it could be as good, if not better than the next one. Yeah, and when you talk about the ratings, you know, it's a growing thing. But, like, we could talk about first things first. Nick Wright, we all know, is a heavy gambler. We can talk about Colin Cowherd. He always posts his bets and, you know, stuff like that. Pat McAfee show, he's probably the biggest of them all in broadcasting what he bets, sponsored by FanDuel and whatnot. So it's like you think about all the all the things in that, that regard. You know, it's the Super Bowl. It's the last game of the NFL season. You know, put your chips down where they may. You know, we're betting on coin tosses. We're betting on if the first kickoff's going to be a touchback or taken out, you know. Who what color the celebratory Gatorade's going to be. Exactly, yes. You've got all that kind of stuff. Who's going to win MVP? Who's going to most receiving? I mean, anything you can think of. So it's like with that growing and coming to Ohio probably before next NFL season, it's uh, that's always going to help the ratings. and. Gosh, I mean, you're absolutely right. Rams and Bengals, you know, you don't really hear about those teams a whole lot. Not even, I mean, even in our area locally in Toledo. I mean, we're a four-hour drive from Cincinnati, and we hear all about the Browns and Lions. You know, it's just you'd think you'd see more Bengals fans. So it was a really fun game, and you alluded to the end of the playoffs there. The last seven games, the point differential was 7 three, 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 three. Those are the last seven games of the NFL season separated by that many points so it's doesn't matter what your seat is coach quarterback everyone's fighting for every yard in the nfl and it's 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 fun to watch yeah absolutely bonkers how close these games have been it just goes to show you like how how evenly distributed the league has become and that's a good thing that's a good thing for everybody involved um let's talk about the super bowl obviously uh it's off, gets off to a hot start you know the rams Rams come out and I believe I don't remember which one came first. If it was the Rams first touchdown or if it was the Bengals going for it on fourth and one. Fourth and one. Remember? It was the first drive of the game. Okay. So the Bengals go for it on fourth and one at midfield. Uh, I thought it was just too early to be aggressive. What did you think of that call specifically? Loved it. You loved it. Okay. Yep. I, th- I, mean, right I thought it was a tad early, but. I, I get it. I get it. You got Joe Burrow. You're confident in what you're doing. I get it. Um, Rams get the ball and they immediately go to Odell Beckham on like, I believe it was a 27 yard uh, touchdown catch. Odell starts hot. He comes out real hot to start the game off and he gets another catch, but on his <clears> third <throat> attempt, non-contact sounds like a tour ACL. What a terrible situation that was um, going, th- going through the motions here. Uh, Bengals go in with a halftime lead. I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't have it in front of me. But ultimately, this game this game comes down to the crunch time in, in the in late in the game. I thought the deciding time in this game, like the deciding factor, let's back up. Let's back up. Bengals score to start the second half on a 75 wasn't it the start of the second half yeah and that's my fault the rams scored an opening touchdown then the bengals went forward on fourth rams got a field goal that drive then the bengals punt then the rams scored the obj touchdown and missed the extra point and it was 16 to 7 
I believe they scored again. It was 14-16 at half. They were down two. And then out of halftime, like first play was a 75-yard yes. touchdown to Higgins to take the lead. Obviously, it's talked about. It's beaten, been beaten to death. But um, Jalen Ramsey's face mask is tugged to the ground. It's not called. Yeah. How big of a deal is that to you? <clears throat> well, I mean, it's huge for the score. But the reason why I thought it wasn't going to be a factor – it became a factor when there was no flags thrown for 57 minutes, and then there was like four or five in the last three minutes. Yeah, you're 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 jump you're jumping at. Yeah, well, I want to get there but, too. But I'm just saying that if the game finishes and no flags are thrown the whole time, pretty much, that's not a big deal. But when the flag's not thrown there, and then it is later in the game, then you point back to all the missed calls, like how come they weren't calling it then are now type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. So obviously the the Bengals come out they get that they get that touchdown uh 75 yards then McPherson kicks the extra point they get that then he kicks a field goal roughly 4 minutes later they're 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 taking the lead at this all point. the momentum all the momentum in the world um Matt Gay kicks a uh field goal 16 to 20 so now um Bengals have the lead they have the ball and I thought this was this was honestly this is the point in the game where I was just like, what? And it just kind of show you like the this is where the the Zach Taylor coaching. Remember, we really haven't talked about a time where I'm like, I don't know if I liked that. Honestly, I didn't hate the fourth and one. I wouldn't have done it. This is what didn't make sense to me. I believe it was fourth and one late in the game. Under it was definitely under six minutes. They had the ball. They could have iced it here. It was like fourth and three or fourth and four. There was like a little bit of distance there, I think. I think it was like fourth and three. Oh, Maybe my, but I thought Tyler Boyd ran a slant and would have caught it like two or three yards and then like stretched up. It was a third down, not a fourth down, actually. It was because they punted after they failed that conversion. It was like third and three, and they ran a slant to Tyler Boyd. Okay, hang on here. I'm, I'm pulling it. I'm pulling up because I, I want to make sure I'm right here. Um, because I hated the, I absolutely hated the call. So, okay, you're, you're, what you're saying is correct. Joe Burrow steps back to pass, incomplete to Tyler Boyd with six minutes ago. They had to punt. That is actually not what I'm referencing. I am okay. referencing. Here it is. So the Bengals have the ball with under two minutes to go. They're, they're losing this oh, okay. game. Yeah, they're down here. Yep. Okay. And it is third and one. And they hand it to Perrine on third and one to get the to get the first down uh, under a minute to go. I thought that was the weirdest call, and I thought it cost them the game. And obviously, one 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 play, one whatever. I'm not saying like that's what the determining factor is. I just like I absolutely hated the call. So on this exact drive. Um, Burrow pass to Tyler Boyd, gain of nine on first and 10. So it's now, that's their nine yards. On second and one, okay, Burrow steps back to pass deep right to Chase, take a shot at the end zone. I get it under a minute. They don't get it. So now it's third and one, and they decided to rush Perrine. Yeah, Burrow, Chase, Boyd, Higgins, um, Mixon. Wow. Uzma uh, was... He played up. He played. I, I just couldn't fathom <clears throat> with the Super Bowl on the line. On third and run, you're running a running back that a lot of people don't even know who he is. And it's really funny because I'm at a Super Bowl party and the in my buddy, hopefully he's listening. My buddy Dan uh does the Michigan pods with us. He uh <laughs> he had a parlay. Okay, he needed a couple different people to score. This was the last person he needed to score for two grand. He was happy about the call. He's like, oh, my God, he's in the backfield. <laughs> I couldn't freaking believe the call to have him rush on, on third and one there. Well, what so, was your opinion? Did you even look into it? Did you think much of it? I had no problem with the play other than, like, maybe you'd think Mixon would be in there. But but here's, yes. here's, where, here's where I'm going to go into this. You put Perrine out there, and your thought process, we're going to run. 
with Perrine in here, they don't think we're going to run. I mean, that's your thought. You might be right. You might be wrong. No, that's fair. That's a fair if assessment. You know 100% you're going for it on fourth down. So let's try and get yes. one yard running yes. the ball. Yes. Now, I understand Mixon not being in the game there. If you put Mixon in on fourth down, but Perrine was in again on fourth down, like what? What's what happened to Joe Mixon? Is he hurt? Because I, I just want to I want to put it out there before you go any farther. What happened? To Joe? Joe Mixon had over a thousand yards from scrimmage this year, I believe. Quote me if I'm wrong. Rushing. He had over a thousand rushing. I believe he was top five in the league in scrimmage yards. Like literally, was one of the most explosive players in the league this year. And he's on the sideline with the game on the line. And for the Twice. life, and for the life of me, Joe Burrow gets spun up by Donald and flips that ball in the air. I don't care if you don't catch it or not. Perrine didn't even dive. He didn't even attempt for the ball. He was like, well, ain't catching that. What? No. Like, so I understand the running call. I wish it was Mixon. I would have understood it was Perrine if you were saving Mixon for the next first down after Perrine got it or the Give fourth down conversion to have yeah. him on the field. Like Joe Mixon had to go home that night going to sleep knowing on third and fourth down he was standing on the sideline. Yeah, yell at the Seahawks all you want, but at least Marshall Marshawn Lynch was at the goal line. Yeah, they didn't hand it to him, but he was in the damn game. <laughs> right. So I mean, you have these similar moments here, but um, I think at the end of the day, it was it was kind of simple. The Rams were the better team in the first and fourth quarter, and the yeah. Bengals owned the middle of the game. Um, and it came down to you can talk about penalties, this, that, and the other. But what it came down to is both defenses played phenomenal. On the live show, I know I was kind of muted, but I was one to advocate for Logan Wilson. Um, he had an amazing game. Uh, again, I said the only part of their team that really struggles is their two outside corners. And Eli Apple, we know how, what the Internet's doing to him. But at the end of the game, they handed the ball to Matt Stafford and said, hey, no, field goals don't work here, man. We need a touchdown. And he no, won 15-play drive and scored a touchdown. So, I mean – now you talked about it earlier and I want to, I want to get into it. I want to, so I want to slightly back up the, the calls late in that game. So I, I have two points and feel free to counter. Okay. One, every time there's a late game scenario, whistles are going to get a little tighter because they want to make sure they're getting the right call. Second thing is, and this is this is the basketball referring uh, refereeing, but it also goes into the NFL and it goes to any major sport. Stars get calls. If Logan Wilson is wrapped up on Vance even, even Vance Jefferson, which I believe he's a good receiver, but even Vance Jefferson, that isn't called. Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner of the league, the offensive player in the league, and who would go on to win the Super Bowl MVP, he was tugged. Was it a bad call? I wouldn't have called call. it. Not a it, was a, it was a soft call. You're like, okay, I understand why it was called, but you haven't called it all game. Okay, but late in the game, they want to make sure it's getting right. And if you're tugging on him, and my, my only issue is not that, that that one was called. It just seemed like they were they called everything in that last minute. It's like boom, boom, call, 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 and I'm like, okay. At this point, the Bengals and I even said this out loud. I'm like, Bengals, let them score. At this point, you have yeah. to let them score, otherwise they're gonna first down like, you to death. It, it made you think it was like when Matt Stafford got the ball. It was like this is gonna be the Rams' probably final possession. Did yeah. the refs go to each huddle on defense and office say, hey, we're calling everything this drive? Like, did they even give them a heads up because they've been playing the game the whole like that? That's the only problem. Like. I only have a problem with the calls because there was what one penalty until five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it was a delay a game on Matt Stafford. Like yeah, they called and there was, we talk about the Ramsey on Higgins, the obvious one, but like there was some other ticky tack stuff, some offside, some false starts. Like there was a few times the linemen got off fast and they were just letting them play like have at it. And then, I mean that last five minutes, took a half hour with the amount of flags and then commercial breaks and restarting of the downs. And it was like, yeah, I mean, Bengals maybe let them score. Sure. But, you know, everyone talked about the, <clears throat> I know we listened to a lot of shows. Colin Collard said something that I, I tend to believe is true in the NFL. You don't have to be great at a ton of things, but you cannot be terrible at something because the other team will find that. 
And in the second half, you got sacked six times, and it could have been seventh. Burrow got a, a floater out of his hand at the very end. They need help on the offensive line. It was a great run. But um, I've said this the last two years, and I stand by it. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. Defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year are statistical awards. Okay, those are heavily contributed. And I've said the last two years, no problem. T.J. Watt is the defensive player of the year. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player. And there's just a difference there in terms of the you award. Know, to I that. totally understand what you're saying, and I think a lot of the listeners do too. Everyone talks about the clips or when they see their team play the Rams or if they're in, they were on the Super Bowl and 5.1 million people watched Aaron Donald throw grown men around for an entire half of football. He ruined everything for the Bengals. I mean, essentially, the Bengals had one great drive for a touchdown, and it was a 75-yard bomb on questionable no-call. So it's like Aaron Donald ruined that game from up front, and uh, kudos to him. There's a case to be made if if someone else scores that second touchdown other than Cooper – or the last touchdown other than Cooper Cup to get his second, Aaron Donald's taking that MVP of the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, um, even, I even think with the touchdown, I think they thought about giving it to Donald. And the to, thing is, the thing is, if 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 Joe hangs onto that ball and doesn't chuck it up, mind you, that was the right play. That was the right. He needed to chuck that ball up. But if he holds onto it and just takes the sack, Donald's the MVP. Hundred percent. So, I think everyone agrees. Rams came out hot. Bengals answered, stole all the momentum, came out a half with it, and then the Rams by a lot of big defensive stops and plays, we're able to slowly take it back. And Stafford had a drive of brilliance aided by some penalties. Sure. Bengals did have their chance. And what do you know? The draft day meme came true. Joe Burrow on the ground, ball five yards to nowhere. Jamar Chase wide open down the field. Absolutely cooked Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey doesn't want anything to do with Jamar Chase, I don't think. I mean, that guy, he, he ruined him. Jamar Chase is a problem in the NFL. Uh, he will be very high in fantasy boards next year, as will Joe, maybe even T. Joe, the whole offense will be will be good. Um, but yeah, that's the Super Bowl. I think everyone felt the same way. Disappointed a little bit with the flags at the end, but 23 to 20, what, what did you ask for? couple of takeaways. Um, first thing, uh, we did the, the top 10 players from the Super Bowl, and I, I questionably put in T. Higgins at 10. I'm glad I did. He had a great game, two touchdowns. Definitely was a, a top 10 player in that game. Mm -hmm. um, second thing, so the Bengals, obviously, uh, of their last 22 dropbacks, they were sacked seven times. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. So basically one out of every three and was almost sacked in eighth. It is bonkers. And I've feel free to say they win the Super Bowl if they have a lineman. But here's what I will counter with. They aren't in the Super Bowl if they don't have Jamar Chase. So here it is. You're there. You made it. You have the offense. Now you're fourth in cap space. Go pay whoever the fuck wants to be you in Cincinnati. You need to go for Armstead, the Pro Bowl left tackle coming out of the Saints. They have cap issues. Yep. Bring that tackle over, and with your your first round pick, take the oh, best yeah. interior offensive lineman available. They have enough. They have enough cap. They all their dudes are on rookie deals. You yeah. need two linemen. Draft a third, second round. Draft another one. Then worry about corners and everything else that you need. Go make sure that your offense is the best in the league because if it's protected, it probably is. Joe Burrow got sacked uh, league high 51 times in the regular season. He was sacked nine against the Titans, seven against the Rams. So that's 16 there. That already puts you at 66. I think when I did the math, I think it was like 71 or 72 times regular season and postseason which is the third most I believe I saw in NFL history on sacked in a single season. I don't know who one and two are, but I believe he was sacked the third most in a single season, including postseason. Like he's the only quarterback in league history. I think I said this on the live show too, but he's the only quarterback in league history to be sacked the most times in the league and even play in a Super Bowl. Yeah, like it's unheard of. You don't do that. You also have his other knee that he has the, the non-ACL, he just sp uh, sprained or strained the MCL on it on that last tackle. Yeah. I mean, he's fighting for survival and you got to imagine if he can play like this under duress, what happens if that one and a half seconds turns to three in the pocket? You know, he's got the capabilities, got the arm. He has the decision-making. I don't think anyone's questioned the Bengals, but 
there is a case to be made that before this season, because of size, stature, what they can do, highlight tape, that we talked about Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. Joe Burrows, nobody's questioning that he's in there as well. It's a different style. But you have at least four off the top of my head, and then we haven't talked about what Lamar Jackson has done, won an MVP already. Where's Deshaun Watson going to go? Is Aaron Rodgers coming over? The AFC is absolutely loaded. So when people say Bengals don't aren't going to make it, Bengals could have a first-round playoff exit next year and be better than they were this year because the AFC is so good. So, um, of course, you might not think that, but I also saw something interesting, which maybe Joe Burrow can break that too. He's done a lot of things some people haven't. But the last 16 quarterbacks to lose their Super Bowl debut never made it back. Never, never made it back, or never won a Super Bowl, or never made it. I don't think, I think it's never made it back. Last 16 to lose their first appearance in the Super Bowl. So it goes all the way back to like Neil O'Donnell. So, I mean, it's just, it's a pretty crazy stat. But again, will we see the consistency we saw out of Brady, Manning, and Big Ben from one side of of the of the NFL? I don't, I don't know. But it was a great Super Bowl. Um, halftime show was awesome. Um, commercials were good. Game was entertaining. I, I mean, it was a good time. No, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Super Bowl. And I was happy with the winner. We haven't talked a lot about the winner, but um... – I liked that the, the the Rams pulled it out. Uh, I'm happy for McVay. I'm happy for Aaron Donald. I was happy for Cooper Cup, and I'm especially happy for Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, there's there's just we've talked about this a little bit, but like Matthew Stafford being part of the pride of Detroit and carrying on that legacy of of being a loser. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade. When you're in Detroit, you lose. It's just what you do. And uh, truthfully, uh, there was a lot of people that put it on him. And obviously the quarterback gets all the credit and all the blame. That's a lot of the times how things work, but you could also equate it to the fact of like Matthew Stafford was there for, I think it was 13 seasons. Yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah. He was there for 13 seasons. There's a reason they didn't willingly get rid of him. They only got rid of him once they, once they, he came to them, they realized he wasn't the issue. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, we don't have a team around you. Most bad teams most are picking in the top five and they're repeatedly picking quarterbacks. How many times have the Jets picked quarterbacks? How many times have the Browns picked quarterbacks? How many times have the Jags picked quarterbacks? It's a, it's a, it happens. Okay. It's a, it's, it's a repeating, you know, process. That wasn't the lions. The lions went 0 16 and picked Stafford. And he's been there ever since. And he finally left. And at his first try, he wins a Super Bowl. Personally, I think that's probably a mold people are going to look at. Brady leaves New England, goes to Tampa, sees a roster that he thinks is great, gets right in there. They happen to have home field advantage in the, in the actual Super Bowl, and they win it. The exact same scenario plays out for the Rams, which is – And it took two years, but Peyton Manning did it too with Denver. I mean, it's – Yeah, and Peyton did it too. That was a little different because he uh, – obviously he asked to be released just like Brady did. Stafford was physically traded. Right, so that, traded, like, yeah. that is the one difference with obviously the Peyton and Brady thing is those guys got released from their teams or became free agents. However you want to look at it. Stafford actually had to physically ask the lions. I would like to be traded. And they basically said, which team and rumor has it. He said, I'm okay with any team as long as it's not new England. And then gave them his top three or whatever. He ends up going to the, to the Rams because McVay makes the call. So, was- um, I was actually more happy. Like, I just love when you have somebody who has a, a real chance to be a, a Mount Rushmore guy or really cement their legacy. And when you see how much it meant to Aaron Donald and how dominant he's been and then the just accolades that come up on the TV screen, it's just I was so happy for Aaron Donald, all of his dominance, and he finally gets, you know, a quarterback on the other side he believes in. God, every time they ask him, man, we need a play. Have you heard the soundbite of Sean McVay on the sideline going into that last play? Aaron's going to make a play. And sure enough, he walks past a right guard. It's like one-on-ones. The guy doesn't even exist. He's been so consistently dominant. Three-time DPOY, never PFF under 90, just a Super Bowl champion. Three-time DPOY, like rookie of the year. All pro seven times, Pro Bowl all eight years. I mean, the dude is just... For him to be able to put his stamp on, you know, when you talk about interior defensive linemen, 
Donald might even be one, but I mean, it's him and Mean Joe Green, right? When you talk about interior D tackles, I mean, they're the two guys. So it's uh, it was just awesome for Aaron Donald. I was I was very happy to see him get one. Yeah, I, uh, did you happen to hear what the I believe it was the GM of the Rams? What T-shirt he wore to the parade? Yeah, um, f those picks. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean that's. It is a, a very it's interesting. It's nice when it works. It's yes, nice when it works. It's nice when it works. It is a very interesting landscape of how you want to run your team, but it works for them. Ask Seattle if they're wearing shirts that say "F those picks." I don't think they are. You know, no. so it can no. go either way. Yeah, no, it truly can. Um, anything else before we go to this mailbag? On the Super Bowl, no. It's just um. The guy who said he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers for MVP because he's a quote-unquote jerk. You remember that guy? Yeah. He was the one and only vote for Cooper Cup to get MVP. Cooper I'm okay Cup, with that. Well, I'm, I'm just okay only one, though, man. Coop, I, I just think, I truly think, like, we put a big prestige when you talk about, like, Hall of Fame or this or that, like, on MVP's one. I wish we would hold defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year to the same standard and just rename the the MVP. Call it the Manning Award since he's won it the most. I don't even care. And just make it a quarterback award. Best quarterback and then best offensive player, best defense player. So the quarterbacks are all going after one. Because it's, it's like when you watch America's Got Talent and a singer wins. Singers just get more votes. There's other like they're just a total different category than like when you see people on trampolines or you know swinging across fire swords, whatever the case may be. If if Derrick Henry couldn't win MVP last year and Cooper Cup couldn't get it, this got one vote. It's just not even realistic to consider a non-quarterback for MVP. It should just be a solo quarterback award, and you have three guys, best defensive player, best offensive player, best quarterback, like a Cy Young type award. I just um, – it's frustrating to see that he only got one vote, but I just – that's all. The man won the quadruple crown. Most catches, most yards, most touchdowns, and most yards after the catch. He won all four. He is the only – Offensive player of the league, Super Bowl MVP. Had the greatest season ever as a receiver. Yeah. I think that's fair the to say. People to have those accolades in a career is Jerry Rice, and he did it in one year and got one MVP vote, and it was from a guy that just voted to spite Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's not even like you can take it as, like, a true vote. So it's like, what a shame. But he got everything else that he deserved. Uh, the MVP, we just got to stop assuming that non-quarterbacks can win this thing. Yeah, no, I'm I I agree with you, and I we already talked about this, so I don't want to get into it anyway anymore. But I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. I I'm actually I'm actually quite shocked he won it. Someone I, asked I, me the day of, and I said if I had to vote right now, I think I'd go Brady. After rethinking everything and looking at it all, it, we it truly, truly said you didn't turn the ball over. Here's an MVP. That's you essentially you also threw 150 less times than Tom did. Now, mind you, you could say, well, okay, maybe if you know. T- the thing is, is like there, there can't be like a like a. I don't even know how I'm trying to say this, but just because Brady threw more doesn't mean that he should be crucified for the picks, and just because Rogers threw less doesn't mean he should be crucified for the picks. But at the same time, why are we counting interceptions? Like, why why is that even a standard? Like, it just it'd be one thing if you led the league or they literally finished with the exact same record. If Brady had more yards, more touchdowns, more, I mean, literally every 17 games and had less than 17 interceptions, which means he throws less than one pick a game. Like, yeah. What did he finish with 12? I think it was 12 or 13. It was like low, maybe teens, but yeah. still it's like he threw for 40 some touchdowns. He, he led the league in passing. His team had the same overall record and he had more injuries on the offensive side of the ball, had to deal with more players in and out. And it was like, well, Aaron Rodgers turnover ratio. Yeah. Okay. And give me a future. Like a I, couple I of years. And again, I hate to, I hate to always make this about Brady. A couple of years ago, Tom Brady, after coming off suspension threw 28 touchdowns and only two picks. And everybody said, well, he missed games. Rodgers missed games too. Not for injury. <laughs> I mean, it, 
it doesn't matter. I don't want to keep getting into it. I just thought the Rodgers looking back, I'm like, why is this the year we give him the MVP? It didn't make sense to me. Cooper Cup was better. Tom Brady was better. You could argue, and obviously this is depending on how you look at the MVP, but Joe Burrow was better. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had over 20 touchdowns. Jonathan freaking Taylor. Yeah. Remember how we were talking about Jonathan Taylor as the MVP when they beat New England and then all of a sudden, never again? Do you remember that? The problem was is they lost to the Raiders when they could have won and got in the playoffs. Then they lost to the Jags, and it was like, you can't be the MVP if your team loses the last two games to, you know, yeah. okay teams, and you missed the playoffs because of it. But, um, yeah, it is it is what it is. I just – we all have to understand that it is a quarterback award, and next person to win it who's non a non-quarterback, they will be compared immediately to Cooper Cup. Immediately. The second a non-quarterback wins it, we're going to be like, how is this season better than Cooper Cup when he didn't win it? And he, like, no quarterbacks broke records. Like, Aaron Rodgers. Do you know what it's going to take? Do you know what it's going to take? It's going to take. It's going to take a 2,000 yard receiver and or breaking Randy Moss's touchdown touchdown record of 23 touchdowns, right? But it's going to have to come in conjunction with, and don't, you got to understand this. Their team's going to have to be the number one seed, and quarterbacks are going to have to have down years. That's the problem. It's going to have to be in conjunction with. It cannot be like, oh, well, this quarterback just threw for 5,000 yards and, and 45. T- Sorry, they're winning it, period. End of story. Yeah. You're going to need a low 40s with 4,500 yards. It cannot eclipse 5,000. It can't be in the high 40. It's going to need to be low, and that receiver is going to have to have bonker numbers, and That's they're going to have to be the number yeah. one seed. It's never, it's just stupid. Yeah. So mailbag, you ready? Yeah. Run it. Uh, Christian Meyer writes in, will any big QB trades happen? Watson, Kyler, Wilson, Rogers, where do you think they end up? Uh, I think we both agree. Watson's getting traded, right? Yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't know the exact landing spot, but quarterbacks are on the move this offseason. I, 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 don't, I don't have any reason to believe that there, there's going to be a lot of staying. There's, there seems to be I, a lot of, yeah, I don't want to get super into predicting landing spots right now, Christian. I think we'll do that here soon. But I'm just going to throw some names. You say yes or no. Ready? Deshaun yes Watson. What? Them moving? They are traded. Okay. Deshaun Watson. Different team. I agree. Kyler Murray. Cardinal. Absolutely. Uh, 100% agree. Russell Wilson. On the move. Disagree. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Moving. Agree. Um, Jimmy G. Moving. Agree. Carson Wentz. Moving. And I'm having a little bit of fun with Russell Wilson. He's probably more like I know you are. I want to move. I know you are. I know you want him to move really bad. Uh, I'm up in the air on Carson. He probably moves just because, like, there is so many quarterbacks potentially available. (laughs) I've I've seen some of the names attached to some of these re, like stuff coming out of the Colts. Yeah. The way Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Wright talked about the disappointment at the end of the season, and we're hearing reports that they're going to try and trade him, and if they don't get a bite fast enough, they will release him and eat the money, which they're projected to have like top five open cap space. They're willing to eat the money and go figure this out, and that's why – I did say it on a pod earlier, just trying to be funny, but like whether Carson goes to Green Bay or not, I have no idea. But I find it very fascinating to see Aaron Rodgers in a dome with a top 10 defense and Jonathan Taylor in the best O-line in the NFL. And you have probably enough money to bring in Adams with them. If it's not Adams, you have Chris Godwin, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Pittman's already there. Like you, you did a post on some of the the names that will be floated around and possibly available like OBJ. And you're going to be able to actually, when I posted that, the names that I posted, I thought would 100% be available. Like not like, ah, they could be, no, I think they will be available. Michael Thomas. Yes. You have the ability to go there and you know, you're with your buddy, Pat McAfee, who you do a show with all the time. You have an offensive minded head coach, the best O-line in the game, Jonathan Taylor. You're going to be able to revamp some of your weapons and you have a top 10 defense. I mean, I think that's a perfect spot. I don't know if it'll be a straight swap. Carson, we'll see what happens there. But I I could see Aaron Rodgers becoming a Colt. I really could. And there's just some things like Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show said, 
he has told Pat that he will be live on the show when he announces where he's going. And now really, he's he's going to be on the show to announce he's going. He said he'll do that for Pat. It will be on the Pat. Wow, show. that's big for Pat. It's huge. And on top of that, he says that. And then like two weeks later, things start coming out. Yeah, we don't care if we trade Carson Wentz or not. We're going to cut him and eat the money if he's not traded. That tells me they know who the next guy is going to be. They're not so willing to just trade or have reports leaked that they're going to release him anyway if they didn't have some kind of backup plan. And it's not Jacob Eason or uh, that quarterback from Texas. I, I forget his name, but it's just that I, I just have a, I have a huge inclining that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a cult because – he also said on the Pat McAfee show, he said that whatever decision he comes to, it will be, I think he said possibly before the draft. Like he said, he wants to get it out of the way. He doesn't want this to be a lingering thing. Like last year, he wants to get it out of the way. So people know what's going on. And then the Colts are like, yeah, we're going to have him on the trade block for a little bit, but we're going to cut him relatively quickly if nobody wants him. Like, it just it just makes sense to me. Yeah. Linking the dots conspiracy theory. You know that picture of Charlie Day where he's got the, the big mat behind him and he's, like, insane? That's what I'm doing over here. But I really think this could be some, some just te- – and Aaron Rodgers would just love that. You know, the, the whole – he's at, on the Pat McAfee show and he's playing Indianapolis. Like, and they're a good team, though. They're a good team. Carson Wentz was terrible in the beginning and terrible at the end. But there was like a 9-10 game stretch where the Colts, you did not want to play them. And they showed that. They beat the Bills. They beat the Patriots. They were a close game to the Cardinals. So it's like took the, the Tampa Colts have, have every chance. And what's the, what is the biggest gripe with Carson Wentz? He turns the ball over too much. What did Aaron Rodgers just get an MVP for? I just keep the ball. I mean, shoot. If I'm going to Let's just punt eight times. Let them drive on the Colts' defense. Good luck. Like, it just makes too much sense to me. I mean, to me. I know I went in pretty hard there, but Christian, nice question, my guy. Thank you. (laughs) Anthony DuBois writes in, there are rumors flying around that Tom's retirement may not stick and he could return to play for the Niners. Do you see him coming out of retirement? And if he were to do so, does Tampa let him out of his contract? You want me to start or you want to start? Uh, I can start. Go ahead. Um, One, Tampa's not going to let him out of his contract. So, two, I, I'm never going to say never. I think Tom Brady's playing a little cat-mouse game with the media, just keeping him on a hook, just having fun with him. There is a very, very, very small percent chance that Tom Brady comes back but it will not be this season. He would take a year off and then come back just to do another thing that no quarterback before or after could ever think about doing at 45 years old. Um, If there is a team, it would be the 49ers, the way they're set up, his hometown, this and that. But if he came back at any point, it would be such a shock, surprising move. There is no anticipation for me that Tom Brady's coming back. I just, I don't see it, but I guess, no, it's not 100% that he's not going to come back 99-1. to I mean, it's just very not likely. But why would Tampa let him out of his contract if he just came back? I don't think they would try and trade him maybe, but they're not going to just like – Yeah, I think that's what he means. I think that's what he means. Yeah, I mean, I I guess if, if, if the 49ers were willing to say, here's Jimmy Garoppolo and a pick, I, maybe, well, but he would probably be gone. Is the only chance where he would play if he came back, but the chances are so small that I'm not entertaining the idea that he's going to. Like, no, I think he just, I think he retired, and then he first question he was asked, "Well, are you for sure retired? Why not have some fun with the media? I've been playing it by the rules for 22 years. Yeah, never say never. <laughs> Everyone's loving it. I mean, that intro on the honors night from Keegan Michael Key, which is fantastic, by the way. He was like. Wait, he's retired? No, he's coming back. Oh my gosh, this is never going to end. Like, of course, because Tom Brady's just going to have some fun with it. But he'll be back in the NFL, but not as a quarterback on the team. He will do other things: TV shows, radio, podcasts. Yeah, I think he's done putting the pads on for good. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I kind of posted this on the on the Real Talk page, and this is the best way I can describe it. Um, I don't think Tom would have taken 
just a year off. I don't, I, this is one of those things. It's just like a really strange situation because he's super competitive and he wanted to play till he was 45. He said that so many different times. Um, but it's also one of those things where it's like, and he also said recently, literally just recently, he said physically he believes in his heart of hearts that he could play till he's 55. Does he want to? He doesn't want to play till he's 55, but he said he could physically be able to. And we talked about this a couple of different times in the pod, like how incredible is it that somebody that good played that long and could literally walk away on their own terms? It doesn't seem possible. He did that. He literally led the league in every statistical category. Basically in his two year stretch after leaving new England, he goes, I'm going to win the Super Bowl, and then I'm going to lead the league in every category. There is no if, ands or buts. If Tom Brady was a deciding factor in winning Super Bowls in new England, he clearly was. Jury's still out on Belichick. I don't think he's coming back. I would be absolutely shocked. And I don't think it's crazy that somebody who dominated a sport for 22 years, is like, I have nothing more to prove. I don't believe anybody's ever going to catch me in touchdowns or uh, in in Super Bowls. Maybe touchdowns because of inflation of the rules. But I'm the greatest ever. My wife misses me. I miss my kids and my wife. I'm ready to go be a dad. And as far as my competitive side goes, I'm going to go lead the Brady brand and rival it to Jordan. I'm going to go do my freaking crypto shit and his autograph shit and all this other stuff he's got going on and still be at 70 years old kicking ass because he's still doing the TB12 method eating avocado ice cream. Um, I'm going to miss the shit out of Tom Brady. I think he's my favorite athlete ever. I think he's the greatest competitive athlete ever. Um, But I don't think he plays another down. And as far as the Niners rumors go, I think that entire thing's overrated. I don't think he loves the Niners as much as everybody thinks he does. I think he's still pissed at them that they overpassed on him. Not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five times, but six fucking times. Go ahead. No, I mean, I don't really have nothing to add. Um, I think it was nice, though, like to where Tom Brady got passed by the 49ers, so he decided to win more Super Bowls than their franchise. <laughs> you have Aaron Rodgers, who was passed on by the 49ers, so he gave him four playoff wins. <laughs> It's just two different two different ways to go about how you want to respond, okay? There's two paths, people. How are you going to respond? But, and, um, you know what? Now that you say that, real quick, maybe Tom said never never say never because he wants Aaron to leave Green Bay so he can go to Green Bay and win a Super Bowl. For him. Just win it for him. And they would let him wear 12 because Tom's the GOAT. Let's be honest. <laughs> No, for, for real though, uh, to answer the last part of your question, and again, I, I kind of shut down the question, but at the same time, if he were to come back, does Tampa let him out of his contract? They would trade him for almost nothing. He brought that team a Super Bowl uh, and brought back a winning culture. They would do pretty much anything Tom said, in my opinion. I think they would let him just kind of walk and or if he asked to be released, I think they would release him. Personally, he'd probably just say, can you trade me to this team? And they would get like a, a honestly, I would trade a first round pick to have Tom on my team for one year. Yeah, but the, 40, the 49ers were like, here's the third round pick and Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's well, Jimmy would be gone. Time. So maybe, yeah, maybe land, or are you talking about this coming season? Yeah, just right now, if he came back. Oh, right now, yeah. Like, yeah, I think that would have, out. Yeah. But regardless, I don't see it happening. But it's Tom Brady. Agreed. He's done a lot of things I didn't see happening. So Jamie Lado writes in Are the Broncos really only a quarterback away from the postseason? They're a quarterback away from competing. It's just hard to say that for the Broncos specifically when they're in such a competitive division. Uh, you can have a really good quarterback and still miss the playoffs when you play can the I, AFC West. Can I change the question? Sure. Are the Broncos really an elite quarterback away from being in the postseason? If if they got Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, Thank which are the you. two most That's linked. Mr. Wilson. I would put them above the Chargers and Raiders yesterday. Yes. And because of Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons, the way their secondaries built up, with maybe a few more defensive additions, what they have right now, I'm still going to put the Chiefs ahead of them, but the Broncos are a team no one would want to play. They would be, I would think, second or first in their division. And um, if they got them this year, 
they would be playing a fourth place schedule. So, yes, I think an elite quarterback would. I mean, look how look they're night and day when they got Teddy Bridgewater. Could you imagine another jump yeah. from Teddy Bridgewater? So yes, I think they are, and I think a couple teams are. I think there's plenty of teams that have some nice pieces if they got an elite quarterback. You know, so. But yeah, I, I just I know I know Jamie well enough that he wasn't saying, "Hey, if we get Matt Carroll, are we going to the postseason?" Yeah. He's asking if we get Rodgers, if we get Russell Wilson, if we get Deshaun Watt, if we get elite quarterback play, is this team? And I I think yes, as long as they don't give up too much to acquire him. And I'm a big Spot Track guy. I, I think Spot Track is fantastic. He does a lot of stuff with the cap, and he proposed a trade. And I'm just gonna lay it out here. It's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to the Broncos for two first, two seconds, Jerry Judy, and another player. I'd do that yesterday. And I know that's crazy. I'd do it. No, it's not crazy. I would too. I would immediately do it. Because you're getting Rodgers and Adams for at least the two years that you don't have the picks. You're built on defense. You're upgrading Judy to Adams, and you still have Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Javante Williams, Melvin Ingram. I mean, what are you, what are we even doing? You're you're loaded. You're yeah. absolutely loaded. Yeah, and then you put teams, you put pressure on teams because you're scoring so much. Now they're in, you know, one. What what is it called? Predictable. Like they're in. They, they can only pass. They have to catch. They become up. one dimensional. One dimensional. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. And you have Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons. Uh, the other safety's good. I forget his name, but you still have Kyle Fuller. I love their secondary. I think they played tremendous this year. But I mean, yes, they're an elite quarterback away. That'd be a crazy trade. That would be. Insane. That would be. Nuts. But Packers fans would rejoice. I mean, they would Hell love. Yeah. Kid me? Hell yeah. And you know what you would honestly, you know what you could do with that second round pick? Flip it for Jimmy G, and all of a sudden you're a contender again. With all those picks, Jordan you get Jimmy G, you got Jerry Judy, you got Jordan Loving it. You know, Aaron Jordan Loving it. Yeah, Aaron, you got you got the running game. And honestly, Jimmy G with a running game. How good is he gonna be? AJ I think he'll be great. AJ Dillon He's, and Aaron Jones. Jimmy G to Green Bay with those runners, and they add one or two more receivers in Jerry Judy. That's a playoff team in that division. All day long. Easily. Uh, moving on here. Kyle Miller with his typical Seahawks question. Does adding KJ Wright as a defensive leader improve the Seahawks transition? No. I'm sorry, Kyle. Um, Brad can come much harsh sometimes. I'm going to I'm gonna take it easy on you. Fuck no. Oh, you guys, you guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, dude, I, I think the Seahawks have a lot of issues. Defensively is one of them. Offensively, not so much one of them as long as Russ wants to be there and they got some offensive coordinator help. But the defense needs a lot of work. Let's put it this way. K.J. Wright will help, but not in enough of a fashion to make it significant to win-loss column. Like, K.J. Wright may make the front seven a little better, adding to Bobby Wagner. You have a pass rusher that may occasionally in big spots get the double team, but not consistently. But you're still super weak on the perimeter at the cornerback position. You still don't have a true dominance and pass rush. And until we figure out what's going on with Russ and Pete Carroll, I mean, that offense did not look good at all last year. And they are in a tremendously difficult division that K.J. Wright is not sure it will help. Having K.J. Wright is better for the Seahawks than not having him. But it's not enough that people – are changing what they're doing or changing how fans think about the Seahawks because they have KJ right. But it's nice to add a player that may benefit you get, you know, he's going to have tackles, a couple sacks, but he's nothing to, nothing to flip a script about. One last thing. And I feel like this has gotten lost and I'm not saying it's gotten lost with you, Kyle. I haven't really talked to you about this a ton. The Seahawks. In their run to the Super Bowl. Obviously, Russ is great and stuff, but he wasn't the focal point. It was, there was two things that this team was 100% built on. Running the ball with Marshawn Lynch and the nastiest secondary the league has seen in a long time. Did they have Bobby maybe Wagner? Ever. Yes. Maybe ever. Correct. Maybe, maybe ever. ever. And Tom Brady lit him up for four touchdowns in the Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, in seriousness. Be the great defense. Yeah, and oh, like 
you're missing Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Brandon Browner. That is nasty. This team has not gotten remotely, not even remotely close. You went from being the greatest in the league to bottom three. Your secondary is atrocious. Nobody is scared to play you. Bobby Wagner's great at this point in his career. Trade him. The Broncos ripped the Band-Aid off on Von Miller. Yeah, Von Miller just balled out in the Super Bowl and this whole postseason. Sucks to suck. They still got picks out of it. You just got to rip the Band-Aid off. At this point, you need to be getting younger and better. And right now, they can't cover anybody passing the ball. The only way to, to really reboot the Seahawks, you have two options. In Russ, we trust, and you see if he can backpack you all the way to where you want to go. Or yep. B, you have to depart with Russ and get a fortune for him. Because if you continue to decline, he's going to demand out value down. He's going to get injured value down. You guys are not going to be successful value down. It's it, His value is only going to get lower as you go because you look at the Rams, 49ers, and the Cardinals. And that's a tough division, man. And I just feel like you can keep battling uphill with Russ as your leader or you trade him. for. If you trade Russ, you can get two firsts and a second or third. May, some teams may even get more because you never know. Like, the Colts were in line to get Stafford, and the Rams were like, well, if that's what they're offering, we're going to go over the top, and they got a haul for it. So, I mean, you could really, if you make it public that Russ is on the on the market, you could get a haul for him and really be able to reboot this thing because with Russ and where you guys are currently at, are you strong enough? And right now, there's a lot of NFC teams that are rebuilding, a lot of them. So now might be your chance to hit that window. Send Russ to the AFC with all those other teams. I'm not saying there's a team that has six Super Bowl trophies that would like a number three, possibly in black and gold at Heinz Field. I'm just saying they might – you never know what you could get. I'm just, I, I just think the Seahawks are in it. But going back to K.J. Wright, no, I don't, I don't think it's significant enough. Can, so let me say this. <clears throat> I'm going to do a little bit of a flashback. Okay, you ready for this? This was roughly this time last year. I don't have the exact date, but it was roughly this time last year. The Detroit Lions trade Jared Goff, two first-round picks, and a third-round pick for Matthew Stafford. Just wanted to... Yeah. What is Russell Wilson worth today? Mind you, Matthew Stafford just won the Super Bowl. In my opinion, that increases the next guy's value. What is he worth today? I just think... Where does it start? Where does negotiation start? If there's no player involved... No player. I think it would have to be a total of six picks. If there's no player involved. I think it would have to be probably two firsts, three seconds, and a third. I think if you were really trying to get Russell Wilson without involving a player... You'd have to say the next two years, you get our first and second for the next two years. And in the third year, you get our second and third. I, I think I think that's what it would take to get Russell. And maybe you could do five picks, but three of them would have to be first rounders. You'd have to say our next three ones and our next two twos for Russell Wilson. If you add in a quarterback who could maybe play or a or a nice corner. Like, um, I know this is just because I'm like the Steelers right now, but if Joe Hayden was introduced, maybe you could shave off a second round pick, pop, maybe a third, not a ton. If you're the Carolina Panthers, if you have Stephon Gilmore, you can maybe shave hey, off some hey, of those. Hey, what about, oh boy, oh, this just popped into my head. You know, Kyle, this started from your secondary question by you. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm excited. Two first-round picks. A second-round pick. Mac Jones and J.C. Jackson. I think I have a better one since we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're, you're jealous because that's a great no, trade. Hear me out. We're going to give you two first-round picks. Jameis Winston, Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore. 
They are 100 million. They are 70 million over the cap. If we want Sean Payton to come back after stepping away, or we want Dennis Allen to have help, some help, bring in Russ, give him a serviceable quarterback in Jameis Winston, we'll give up two first-round picks for Russ, and to open up cap, here's your defense. Add Cam Jordan to help Bobby Wagner, and here's a shutdown corner. Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Jameis Winston, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You get two first back. You ship out Russ. If you're getting Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, you might be able to say Russ and try and offload. Well, Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner are too big of a contract. But, I mean, something. But if you think about that, because they need to clear so much cap, if you get rid of that defensive star power, a serviceable quarterback, couple picks, let's say our first and second this year, since the Saints have a pretty good first-round pick this year, first and second this year, Cam Jordan, who's rumored to be leaving, Marshawn Lattimore, who's like top five highest paid corners in the league, and a service, you could do Taysom Hill if they want, or Jameis, say which one do you want, probably Jameis Winston, but you'd give him a quarterback, a first and a second, or two firsts, that'd be crazy too, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because the Saints need to clear up so much cap, they almost, we're, we always talk about, they need to do something drastic to clear up this cap, but when you hear me say something drastic like this over the microphone you're like that's what they kind of got to do to clear up this cap situation if they want to have any chance of still being relevant but that seriously how do the Steelers turn down two first round picks Mac Jones JC Jackson and a second round pick they can't turn that down I think Bill Belichick would do that trade in a heartbeat and I don't think the Seahawks could turn that down I still I'm going to get Bill on the phone. I still think what I said, let's talk about corners. We'll give you the seventh overall pick, the tenth overall pick, Daniel Jones and James Bradbury. Send them over to New York. Here's a that, would, that would get the job done. Here's a quarterback. Here's a Pro Bowl corner and two top ten picks this year. Do what you want with them. I'd even if I was the Giants, I'd throw in a second the following year. You get that, Russell. That, no, you that would get Russell, the job done. You get Russell Wilson. You have you have the new GM and the new offense or new head coach both coming over from the Bills. They know they need a quarterback, and they're familiar with one that moves, one that's a leader, one that can lead your organization. In New York, I, I still think the Giants are the spot. They have a Pro Bowl corner. They have a serviceable quarterback. They have two top 10 picks in the first round this year. If Russ is leaving, I think that's the place that could just say, here you go. Like, we got it for you. And if the Seahawks still need defensive help, because they have a pretty good offense, you have two top 10 picks in a defensive heavy draft. You could get the best corner available and a pass rusher. I mean, you could, there's tons of options. We could get into that later. But, you yeah. know, these hypotheticals, man, I could – grab a beer and talk about this for three hours I mean, dude the nfl just ended and i'm so hyped for the off season <laughs> like this is what the off season is just this exactly thing right what here could be? So. all right well that uh pretty much tops her off also just in case anyone's wondering there is not a single quarterback available that i would trade tj watt for <laughs> let the offense suck i don't care <laughs> let the offense suck he ain't going nowhere that's so funny um you guys next week i i've said this a couple different times but we're actually serious and we're promising nba pod next week right after the all-star game we're starting the second half of the season with a banger mavs play tonight boys taking on the pelicans by the way little just little fun thing in his first three seasons, Greg Oden played 82 games. Zion's played 85. And I, I still go back. You guys can go back and check the podcast because Jeff and I, obviously Zion and Ja were a big talking point. I want to let one thing known. Thought Ja would be good. He is better than I thought he would be. And I don't think anybody thought he would be this good. I mean, dude's crazy. But I did say, you asked me, who would you take with the first pick? And I said, 
Ja will be better, but you have to take Zion. I mean, there's just too much. You'd get killed as an organization if you didn't. I didn't think Zion would be this injured, this big, this hurt, this many problems. I knew it was a possible red flag. No one saw this coming. But my goodness, John Morant is a dog. He is yeah. Dude, when he soars, he can fly through the air. It's incredible. But love the NBA. Can't wait to talk more about it in a week. <clears throat> well, that wraps it up. Super Bowl recap. A little bit of mailbag. A little bit of some some quick NBA there. We'll see you guys back next week. I hope you guys are pumped for it because we know we are. He just switches to the Luca. <laughs> All right. Been on him for three years since he came in the league. Been trying to tell you all. Now he's out here dropping 91 and two. So next week is basically me talking NBA and Brad having a love fest for Luca. So it's basically like me with Brady during the NFL season. It's not that bad, but (laughs) it's not that bad. He is so good. I'll talk to anybody who will listen. Oh, goodness. All right, guys. We out. Thanks. Real time. Later.